Today we're going to talk about some news and notes to come out of Tiger Spring Training on Thursday, mostly involving Joey Wentz and Justin Henry Malloy, and then we're going to play a preview, Joey Wentz and Tyler Holton, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, February 16th, 2024. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can join today and get $150 in bonus bets, if your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. All righty, welcome back, everyone. Happy Friday. You made it through another week. So uh, today we are going to discuss two really key uh, talking points that came out of Tigersville uh, on Thursday, uh, that being Joey Wentz's role on the team in spring training and then Justin Henry Malloy's role in spring training and then presumably going forward for him as well. Wentz's is a little bit more up in the air. And then we're going to player preview, to no coincidence, Joey Wentz and then Tyler Holton as well. So get uh, a couple of relievers out of the way. And the reason why I say relievers in confidence when talking about Joey Wentz and Tyler Holton is that that is one of the two storylines we're going to start off with. That's what you call a professional transition right there, okay? Don't do it often, but uh, I had to keep that one in the back pocket. Had to let let y'all know what's up. Uh, So Joey Wentz is officially going to work exclusively as a reliever this spring. Uh, That is reported by Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic and then a few other beat writers, obviously, as well. But uh, Cody was the first person that I saw get it, so he will get credit this time around. But... Um, yeah, you know, this is a also mentioned by Cody in the same post there. Uh, this is a very big and important, important, that's the word, spring training for Joey Wentz. Uh, we talked about this back probably two weeks ago with uh, with roster projection 1.0, and I had Joey Wentz making my opening day roster and there was some pushback from some people because he struggled so mightily last year which I completely understand and my reasoning almost exclusively to be honest was because he was out of options Joey Wentz is out of minor league options meaning that uh, if he does not make the major league roster he has to be put on waivers and clear waivers and then you risk losing him to 29 other teams so uh, I, I think that there, that is definitely something that is weighing heavily on the minds of this organization. If they even slightly, you know, sniff a possibility that Joey Wentz may be a legitimate reliever in this league, then they are going to have him make the opening day roster and he will make the team out of camp. Now, they send him down at any point this year. You know, he's out of options. So if they send him down at any point, that's, that's going to be a thing. Uh, and that's going to have to be something that we look out for. But uh, in the immediate future, that's a really big deal for them to move him to the bullpen exclusively. 
given a just how much he struggled last year. He was much better out of the pen than he was starting last year. He just didn't go out of the pen very often. Uh, I think he only logged 20 or 22 innings out of the bullpen last year. Again, we'll we'll kind of break that down when we do our player preview of him later on in the show. But yeah, you know, uh, this is, uh, I mean, I think that this is the route to go. I think this is the way to go. I don't think that there was a future for him as a starting pitcher. And honestly, you don't need him to be a starting pitcher. You went out and really beefed up your rotation. You signed a lot of starting pitching. Uh, and now you have, well, you signed a couple of starting pitchers to cause a lot of starting pitching depth. Just dropped my baseball. Sorry for your ears. But now you have a lot of starting pitching depth. And uh, and and that's excluding Joey Wentz. You have a lot of starting pitching depth. So uh, I agree with this. I think if there is a future for him on this baseball team, and we can debate until we're blue in the face whether there actually is, spring training is going to mean the world for Joey Wentz. Uh, again, when we do our episode kind of breaking down the the players who kind of have the most riding on spring, Joey Wentz might be at the top. Uh, there is some conversation, you know, Akil Badu, there's a couple other conversations in there, but I think Joey Wentz is going to be really, really high up there. And then the other person that's going to be high up there is – Justin Henry Malloy. I'm really just just crushing these transitions today. I ain't gonna lie to you. All right, I really came with my uh, my A game in the in the transition department today. Um, but Justin Henry Malloy, the other report out of spring, and this was actually uh, Evan Petzold wrote this in an article. I want to say about a week ago, uh, kind of alluded to this, but the official report now out of spring on Thursday is that Justin Henry Malloy will exclusively play corner outfield. And that is where all of the Tigers' focus is. That's where all of Malloy's focus is. Um, Petzold has even been talking about how this was kind of determined a while ago. Uh, and this isn't even like, a, oh, you're just showing up here in three days in or two days in or whatever. We think that you need to move there. Like this this was kind of, you know, all offseason, he's been working much more in the outfield than anywhere else. So uh, to... You know, that's been a, an ongoing conversation throughout the entire winter, right? And, and I've been expressing my uh, concerns is absolutely not the right word, but I've, I've been uh, expressing my hesitation, I guess I'll say, to put him on the opening day roster. And I think that there's a lot of different angles and a lot of, of reasons why it may may more, why, wow why it may make more sense, goodness, to put him in AAA to start off this season. And I know that a lot of people disagree with that, and that's the beauty of this uh, this platform and of sports is, is, um, is disagreeing like that. So that's more than fine. Um, but the move of him to corner outfield, I think, is kind of a signal that, you know, because in the winter when we had these conversations, one of the pushbacks was like, why aren't you even bringing him up at third base? That was a, uh, I got that comment quite often, actually, throughout the winter was, why aren't you even like mentioning him at third base? Like, this is ridiculous, you know, uh, like he he has played third, like to just completely write him off there uh, is, is absurd. And maybe in December that was absurd. Maybe I was jumping the gun a little bit, but the point is now the team is is kind of lockstep in that view. He is not going to play third base anywhere, no matter where he plays in the organization, no matter what level he plays, in 2024 at least and probably going forward. So he is going and getting all of his reps 
in corner outfield for the spring training. The thing that's surprising to me about it is he's not even going to get like take some ground balls sometimes at third base. Like that was real. Like it's a, it's a pretty emphatic statement. Uh, again, Justin Henry Malloy is focusing solely on the outfield. No more third base. So that's kind of, uh, I, I, I guess, you know, in the mailbag show, somebody had asked me about putting him at first base long-term. And I said, maybe, uh, but I think for right now, where he's at in his development, they want to put all of the cookies in one jar. They want to say, you know what, only focus on this position. And it looks like, again, that that's what they're going to do. But it looks like it's going to be in corner outfield. So there you go. Uh, if Malloy is to make the Tigers opening day roster, it will be as a corner outfielder. And uh, he will not be playing third base for the Detroit Tigers this year. I'm very fascinated in seeing what he looks like in the spring. Obviously, Joey Wentz as well. Both of those guys have a lot riding on spring training. And I would love nothing more than for Malloy to make this roster because I love what he does at the plate so much. So uh, we will see. All right. Let's keep the ball rolling. We are going to start our player previews. We're going to kick it off with Tyler Holton, and then we'll end the show with Joey Wentz. We will do all of that right after I tell y'all about our new friends. Got to talk to y'all today about our new friends over at Backblaze. Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. Uh, they're the best in the business, plain and simple. You have unlimited backup for Mac PC business for just $99 a year. Protect business data with a centrally managed admin console. Uh, you can back up all the data on multiple machines as well. This is the best way to go for backing up all of your personal or business data. They have 55 plus billion files Restored for customers now. Uh, again, multiple restore options in the event of data loss or ransomware is a really, really big deal to a lot of people. You can restore by mail, hard drive, uh, really you name it, whatever's easiest, they will accommodate. There's also a one-year file retention and version history. There's no risk free trial at backblaze.com slash locked on MLB as well. Plenty of time to upload and download some files. Seriously. Back your stuff up. Backblaze.com slash MLB. You can sign up for free and get a free trial and see why Backblaze is recommended by Inc. Magazine. So go to Backblaze.com slash MLB. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back on Monday recapping all of the uh, the biggest news and notes to come out of Tigersville over the weekend, and then we'll player preview some more players. All right. Uh, also, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today, the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel on YouTube, and now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV. It's free in the Fire TV channels app as well. So Locked On Sports today twenty four seven. Subscribe to the YouTube channel or. Find it for free in the Fire TV channels app. All righty. Let's talk about Tyler Holton. All right. We talked about spring training. Uh, we talked about the, the biggest news and notes to come out of spring on Thursday. Let's preview some players. One of the most fascinating 2023 campaigns. I think if you were giving out awards, did we do that? 
I don't even remember. Uh, you make so many of these, and you just at some point you just forget what even content you've make and made and made and haven't made. Did we do awards? We might have. I don't know. But I, if you were to give out awards, just per se, right, just by chance, if you were, I think there's a legitimate argument that Tyler Holton was the most improved player of the year, or maybe like biggest surpassing of expectations is the better way to put it. Maybe he didn't really improve and he was always a dog like that. But uh, fact of the matter is he was claimed on waivers from the Arizona Diamondbacks, oddly enough, right when they signed Andrew Chafin. So kind of a, a swap of sorts there and came into play for the Tigers and was on nobody's radar. Absolutely nobody's. And this was like kind of, you know, last offseason, Scott Harris got a lot of heat for just doing a ton of waiver claims. And like, it seemed like every day there was a new waiver claim. And you look back and there were a lot that were on the roster for a week or a month and then were off the roster and now aren't part of the organization. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you can't shoot if you can't score. And, and we're looking back, Andy Ibanez, Tyler Holton's of the world, are some really good success stories in that regard. Tyler Holden, not only was he just a massive success story, he was legitimately one of the best relievers, not only in the Tigers' bullpen, but at one point in the season, tilted off a little bit toward the end of the year. We'll talk about that in a second. But at one point in the year, was legitimately like <laughs> one of the best relievers in the American League. Uh, was absolutely phenomenal. In 85 and a third innings pitched, had a 2.11 ERA. That's one war on Fangraphs. Also, Fangraphs war, really any website's war with relievers is super like spotty. All right, we we don't take too much into uh, massive grain of salt. Okay, we don't take too much weight. That's the word I was thinking of in uh, in war for relievers, especially really pitchers as a whole. But relievers especially, that should not be your measuring stick for how good a reliever is, okay? I would just want to throw that out there when analyzing players. That's a personal thing. If you really love reliever war, you know, more power to you. But in my experience, not something that anyone should take too much weight in. Um, but a 2.11 ERA, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, a 7.8 K per nine, a 1.9 walk per nine, and a 0.95 home run per nine. Uh, had an 86 and a half left on base percentage, a 45.6% ground ball rate. We're going to talk a lot of numbers here with him specifically. So those are kind of the baseline stuff that I can give you. I guess his whip was 0.87. That's a little bit more of a mainstream number there but uh yeah 85 and a third innings pitch man just and that's in 59 games that's not in you know 80 games he was going multiple innings often and and you know I, I want to give him all the credit in the world because he deserves it and, and he was an awesome storyline last year but I also genuinely believe that AJ Hinch and Chris Fetter deserve all the credit in the world for this guy as well um obviously Harris made the pickup A.J. Hinge is one of the best bullpen managers in the game of baseball, and that's not just me, you know, being biased toward my own team. That's a widely considered thing by by a, a plenty, a, a plethora, if you will, my favorite word, uh, of people are around the game, right? He is one of, if not, the best bullpen manager out there, and uh, I think that he used Tyler Holton masterfully, Right. He would use him for two innings or an inning and two thirds, right? An inning and a half out there. 
any time there was a part, you know, if an opponent was in the sixth inning and they had, you know, three of their next five hitters were lefties, boom, Tyler Holton's going out there and pitching the next at least one and two thirds, if not two innings to kind of bridge to the back end of our bullpen. And he's going to be stellar at it uh, because he was very, very, very good against lefties. He was great against both, but lefties specifically, this is like, his numbers against lefties are staggering, right? Like they're good against righties, a 209 opponent batting average against righties, a 642 opponent OPS. Um, like that's, that's good. Okay. He gave up nine homers all year. All nine were to righties and still had a sub 650 OPS against right. Like solid, solid stuff. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. His numbers against lefties, a 147 opponent batting average, a 181 opponent slug and a 182 opponent OBP. The slug was lower than the on-base percentage. He gave up four extra base hits to lefties the entire year, and he only walked four lefties the entire year. That is in 122 plate appearances. Do you understand how staggering these numbers are? He faced 122 lefties. He gave up four extra base hits and walked four. That is a 363 OPS. That makes me laugh. That's hilarious. That's like funny. Those are stupid numbers. Okay. So you're talking about one of the better lefty specialists in all of baseball in 2023. And again, still was really solid against righties as well. Uh, Really excelled at home as well, which there aren't too many Tigers last year that really could say that, oh, that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration, but they didn't, they weren't great at home. Um, but Tyler Holden, really good, again, on the road and at home, but was especially good, was even, you know, found another gear at home. Um, so yeah, th- this guy, I-, I-, I can't say enough about his 2023. Uh, as far as what I'm looking for in 2024, I'm really just looking for a multi-inning lefty specialist. Uh, I, I I will say this. I, I don't think he's going to have an ERA of two again next year. And when that doesn't happen, I want people to not freak out because he could have an ERA of three, five and be one of the best and one of the better lefty specialists in the division or in the American league still. Right, like you, you don't need to have an ERA of two to be really good at your job. I guess is my point. And there's a lot of underlying numbers for as phenomenal as he earned. This is not me taking away from his 2023. This is more of uh, planning on what to expect out of him in 2024. Um, there's a lot of numbers that would suggest that he's gonna, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. But there's also a lot of numbers that really support just the phenomenal year he had. Um, you know, league average swing and miss stuff. 50th percentile exactly in whiff rate, 44th percentile in K rate, that's sub 8K per nine. Not anything super special, right? Got a lot of weak contact though. 88th percentile in hard hit rate uh, and 88th percentile in walk rate, 93rd percentile in average exit velocity. So, and this is this is what I, I this is what I'm talking about here. This next number, his expected ERA. Okay, so given how hard the ball was hit and situational stuff, right? The, his expected ERA on the year last year was three five, and that's almost a run and a half more than what it actually was. 
but a 3-5 expected ERA is still in the 78th percentile in baseball. That still is in the top quarter of the league in expected ERA. So I, I, I think that that is probably more in line with what we're going to get anywhere from a three to a three, five ERA. But again, I think that AJ Hinch utilizes and Chris Fetter and, and London Nieves, right? Nieves does a lot of work with the pen, obviously. Like all of those guys, I think know how to utilize a guy like Holton so unbelievably well that I'm just not worried if his ERA does balloon by a run. Like, he's still going to be unbelievably valuable to this baseball team, even if he has a 311 ERA versus a 211, right? Like, a 211 is just, like, absurdly good. And, I, and I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, I'm not necessarily holding my breath for him to repeat that. And, and I just really want to drive the point home that he doesn't need to repeat that to be super valuable and good for this baseball team. If he if he has a 3-4 ERA and, and pitches 85 innings again and is a lefty specialist that can go multiple innings, he's still going to be a dog, and he's still going to be one of the better relievers in this bullpen and one of the more valuable relievers in this bullpen. Okay, uh, Obviously, the fastball, not a blow-by-you fastball, which is uh, kind of why I have more confidence in him to actually stay good. Uh I know that that kind of seems like backwards thinking. A lot of people look at velocity and it kind of freaks them out. But the fact that he is so good without having, uh, a, you know, his fastball tops out at like 92, right? He throws it in like 91, 92. The fact that he's this good without that, uh, I without the velo, I think is a good sign actually. Uh, 178 uh, opponent batting average against the fastball. The changeup, obviously phenomenal pitch. That was kind of his swing and miss pitch. And then the slider against lefties, especially the big swing and miss pitch. So uh, he has five pitches. This is another reason why I love him so much. Five pitches, and yet he's only throwing three to each handness. He'll throw the four-seam fastball to both righties and lefties. His repertoire against righties is four-seam fastball, change-up, cutter, and his repertoire to lefties is four-seam fastball, slider, sinker. And I think that, you know, lefties, obviously, you're going to go sinker, kind of get have it cut in a little bit on them, make them make it go towards the hitter. Uh, obviously, you're forcing fastball. You should hopefully be comfortable throwing against both if you're a lefty. And then the sliders and easy, you know, swing and miss pitch low and away. That's where almost all of his uh, swing and miss stuff from the slider came from last year. But the righty repertoire is legit, man. Forcing fastball change up cutter for a, a short inning reliever against righties coming out of the left slot it is really, really legit. And, and like, it just, he's so fascinating to me. Five different pitches as, as a as a you know middle reliever coming out of the the lefty slot is just is just so fascinating to me. Uh, and he had really good whiff rates against the slider and the changeup especially. So he has a swing and miss pitch against both handness. He has a good fastball against both handness, and he has a fastball variation that moves in the cutter and the sinker against both handness. Like. He, he he is he is unreal. I just I can't say enough good things about him. I'm really excited about his season. I just want to throw it out there. You know, he, he's going to give up some contact. He's not a huge strikeout guy necessarily, especially against righties. And uh, and as if he, if if his ERA balloons by a run or even a run and a half, he can still be really valuable and really good and be on this team for the next four or five years. That's all. Okay, let's talk about Joey Wentz. We'll do all of that right after this. 
Got to talk to you all today about our friends over at FanDuel. As always, you can get your buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players with quick bets, uh, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. Talking about Joey Wentz, obviously not a coincidence that uh, the day that he is officially announced as the uh, as a reliever for this baseball team, we talk about him. A, got to take advantage of headlines. B, I just think it makes sense to have the conversation now if we're already talking about him anyways, really just from a simplistic uh, point of view. Last year, obviously, was not a very good season for Joey Wentz. I would imagine that uh, he would say the same thing. Had a 6-9 ERA, was a negative 0.6 war for whatever pitcher war is worth to you, as I said earlier. Pitched in 105 and two-thirds innings, had an 8.35 K per nine, a four walk per nine, and a staggering 2.13 home run per nine. That is very, very high. Only a 37.3 ground ball rate, uh, 63.6 left on base rate. Just nothing really seemed to go right for Joey Wentz in 2023. There's really not too much else to say here. The only thing I'll bring up before we start just really shifting focus to 2024, because I I feel bad just continuing to talk about, right? Like we talked about it all year last year. And then in our player reviews after the season ended back in October, we talked about how much he struggled. And now we're just here. Like it, I, I just want to kind of get that off his back and, and just kind of move on and start talking about 2024. So the only thing I'll bring up is just a reminder more so that he has four pitches. One of his four pitches was alarmingly awful. The other three were actually not that bad and didn't grade out that poorly. They weren't necessarily plus pitches. They weren't like, oh my goodness, look how great his cutter and changeup is. But his cutter, changeup, and curveball had moments and were around net zero, kind of average middle of the road pitches in 2023. And that may sound underwhelming. Uh, but you can be a good pitcher with average middle of the road stuff if you're locating decently well and you're used in the right situation. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And his changeup specifically, I actually think was a plus pitch this past year. Uh, had a whiff rate of 32% almost and had a opponent batting average of 189. Uh, he his his changeup was actually pretty good when it was utilized well and and when he used it in the right counts. Again, mostly to to righties. We'll talk about his kind of repertoire here in a second. The one thing that went wrong for him on just an absurd scale, an absurd level, was his four-seam fastball by the end of the year was unpitchable. And I, I don't mean that in an exaggerating tone or sense. I mean, legitimately, it was the worst pitch in baseball. That That's like an analytical, you know, there's numbers to back that up. That the Joey Wentz four seam fastball was quite literally the worst pitch in the entire game of baseball. That run value metric that baseball savant does, it takes a lot into consideration to calculate it. Um, obviously, the numbers against it, but also uh, just, you know, the type of pitch that it is. Uh, so we talked about Jason Foley 
and how his run value for his sinker was what the sixth or seventh best pitch in the entire game of baseball, the Jason Foley sinker last year. Yeah. So the Joey Wentz four seam fastball was tied for the worst single pitch in the entire game of baseball with a run value of negative 23. Okay. So that is the issue with Joey Wentz. That was the problem that he had in 2023. There was a lot of people just saying he was awful and this and everything he does sucked and whatever. And that's just not true, right? Like, again, I read you his changeup numbers. Sub 200 average and a 32% whiff rate ain't bad. That's pretty darn good, actually, right? His curveball, again, pretty decent whiff rate, 247 batting average against the cutter, 271 average against 29.1% whiff rate. As far as variations of fastball go, that's not awful. Like there, there is some stuff to to actually build upon with those three pitches. The four seam fastball was just it was basically like prime Barry Bonds was stepping into the batter's box anytime anyone swung at his four seam fastball. Three seventy four average, almost a seven hundred slug, very low whiff rate, and a hard hit rate of over fifty seven percent. Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about his twenty twenty four. Okay, this is where. Um, a lot of people will uh, kind of jump the gun and just kind of go, you know what? I don't need to see any more of Joey Wentz. He was bad last year. And that's all there is to it. And uh, there, there's plenty of people like that. Again, I, I I read my own comment section. We had this conversation earlier in the off season. And anytime I bring up Joey Wentz, there's people that are just like, it doesn't matter. He's not good, et cetera. If there is a way for him to thrive, it is to be a reliever for this baseball team. Uh, you can hopefully get a few miles an hour more out of the fastball, which I think can only lead to a good thing. Maybe get some more spin on it as well because you're only throwing an inning or two versus having to kind of stretch yourself out to presumably throw four or five innings. So that I think can only help his fastball really long term. Also, and this is kind of the, the biggest thing I want to point out, is that his numbers against lefties – were much better than his numbers against righties. His numbers against righties were a batting average over 300 and an OPS of 925. That is remarkably good for a, uh, from the hitter's perspective, obviously struggling mightily on the mound against lefties. 278 average. Is that good? No. Okay. Not trying to sell you that that's like some great number, but it's certainly a far cry from the 301. OPS sub 800. Again, Am I telling you that the numbers are fantastic? No, but a 796 OPS, there may be something to build upon here. But the biggest thing that I want to point out is his numbers based on his role on the team. Okay, as a starter, he had a 946 OPS against and a 773 ERA, obviously remarkably high. In his 25 and a third innings as a reliever last year, And this is multiple innings. This isn't like, oh, he was a reliever and it was just a one-inning stint. These were multiple inning stints. As a reliever, a 196 batting average against and a 691 OPS. Now that is pretty good. A 426 ERA in 25 and a third. Not the greatest thing in the world, but respectable and actually like belongs on a major league roster, right? So... When talking about his spring specifically, I am fascinated with how Joey Wentz looks. I'm so excited for the kid. I hope that he just gets completely new slate, new role on the team, only have to worry about reliever, don't have to worry about being a starter anymore. I can just focus, 
get a couple of uh, miles an hour back on my velocity, really utilize this changeup to the best of his abilities, and, and go out there, and I hope he balls out. It would be such an awesome story if we could look back and go, you know what, that guy that was dragged by half the fan base because of how much he struggled, and, and the coaching staff just kept throwing him out there, 105 innings. That's like one of the highest inning totals on the entire roster last year. It's, I think it's like second or third most innings on the team last year, right? Like, so just kept throwing him out there to have him struggle. I would love to see him get some confidence back and be a really effective reliever on this team. Uh, he has four different pitches in his arsenal, at least that he brought to the table in 2023. We'll see if he changes anything in 2024, but we talked about the fastball. We can move on from that. Obviously, you know that he needs a lot of work in that department. But uh, the I, I want to point out his numbers uh, for all of his pitches against lefties specifically. The cutter, 227 batting average, only a 386 slug, a weighted on base of 278 with 28.4%. That is pretty good. That's pretty respectable at a, at a bare minimum, right? Not some elite pitch. But that's pretty solid, right? So his cutter against lefties wasn't bad in 2023. His curveball, we talked about it, 263 average, 218 expected average. The slug way down, uh, did not give up a long ball off of his home run, which I know is kind of a weird victory lap to take. But given he gave up like 25 home runs last year, not giving up a single home run to a lefty on a curveball all year is an accomplishment. Um, so Again, pretty respectable numbers there. Doesn't throw the changeup to lefties. We go versus righties. The changeup, again, legitimate weapon. 192 batting average, sub 400 slug, uh, and a whiff rate of 32%. Pretty darn respectable. So if you can kind of piece together, you know, I'm going to throw the fastball and the changeup against lefties uh, and the cutter, obvious, or sorry. If you can throw the fastball, the curveball, and the cutter against lefties, and then throw the fastball and the cutter and maybe the curveball as well against righties and kind of piece together using these four pitches, maybe use two for each. Maybe you kind of bail on the cutter against lefties as well and make that only a righty thing. Um, if you can kind of piece together a few different pitches to use versus each handedness. I think there is a profile here that can be successful. And I know, again, a lot of people are just going to scoff at this and laugh at this and just completely uh, ignore it. Um, but I, I really do think that – I'm not saying it's a guarantee. Certainly not. If his fastball doesn't get any better, then guess what? He's going to get DFA'd the day before opening day, and he's not going to be in the organization. That is when, you know, when we talk about ceilings and floors for these guys with these player previews, that is the floor. The floor is the fastball doesn't work. And that is on the table. I have not seen Joey Wentz throw a really good fastball since September of 2022. So his fastball might just not be major league good enough. And he might not be on the team that I'm not ruling that out whatsoever. Very possible. But if his fastball can even be remotely close to average, these other pitches, I think, could actually work pretty decently out of the bullpen. The changeup especially kind of excites me, especially against opposite handness. To have a pitch as a lefty that you know can do really well against righties is a, a major deal. That's a huge advantage to have. So that's kind of where I stand. 
My expectations for Tyler Holton is to be a good multi-inning lefty specialist reliever that can come in and get outs like last year, but I'm not expecting a 211 ERA again, but it doesn't need to be to be still be a really good reliever. For Joey Wentz, if it's making this team, it's because the fastball looks better and he's a pure reliever that kind of found his stride. Again, another multi-inning lefty reliever on this team, but he wouldn't even have to be a lefty specialist necessarily if the changeup he can utilize against righties pretty decently. But a, a lot of work to do with Joey Wentz. We'll see how he looks. And the floor for Wentz is doesn't even make the opening day roster. I know there's plenty of people out there that that feel that way, and that is a very real possibility. I I would not put the odds at over 50 percent really either way i I, i'm really not going to make too much of a you know plant a flag type of thing until uh, i see joey wentz uh pitch and actually be on the mound (laughs) so we'll see what happens but that's if there is if there is a path to him being on this baseball team in 2024 it's going to be because of what i just laid out all right thanks for making lockdown tigers your first listen every day shout out to the everydayers that do tune in Every day, we will be back on Monday, baby. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers.